spending down all your own money, you're basically spending that inheritance. So again, some people aren't going to plan and say, I don't want to leave my kids anything. And that's totally fine. And that's up to them. But they would much rather leave them something than plan on Social Security leaving them something because they're not going to. It's time to retire with confidence. Welcome to Unlocking Your Financial Future with financial advisor Ben Schrock. Welcome in and thanks for being a part of Unlocking Your Financial Future, the podcast we talk finance, we talk investing, retirement planning, and of course, a big part of that is Social Security. And we're going into part two of our four-part series on the misunderstandings that we often have with Social Security. And to help us get through each one of these, Ben Schrock, who is NSSA accredited, walks us through it and explains us all the details to us as well. So Ben, how is everything around your office right now? Everything good? It is great. Getting ready to close up the year and uh, winter's coming. So we're all batting down the hatches for that. Yeah. How's the how's the schedule look around the office right now with the holidays? You guys get a, a decent amount of time off or do you have a lot of clients trying to get things wrapped up before the year's over? Yeah, we, we honestly, after Thanksgiving, it really starts to slow down. So we'll get a couple of our procrastinators that, that are uh, taking those RMDs out at, towards the end of the year. But really, it's kind of a nice time for us to plan for 2020 and, and get everything ready for the end of the year. So it's not too busy, but it's uh, one of those things where, you know, I don't want to jinx ourselves here and, and uh, cause too much work. But yeah, it, it's usually pretty slow at this time. Good. Well, I hope you guys enjoy the holidays as they're coming up here over the next week with the new family as well. So um, we wish everybody a happy holidays as we move forward in this podcast. And today we're continuing our series on social security. As I mentioned, it's misunderstandings. If you missed part one, we went through why social security probably won't be going broke. Can't be certain with anything in life, but we talked with Ben about why we often think that social security is going broke and why we were concerned about it. But He'll help you kind of understand what adjustments might be made in the future as we move forward in 5, 10, 30, 40 years. So check out that first episode on Apple Podcasts, whatever your favorite podcasting app is. Today, though, we're talking about ages in which you should take your benefits. So there's a couple of different misunderstandings that we're going to get into, and they work on both sides of the pendulum. So let's begin with the first one, and that's starting your Social Security as early as possible. Many people believe that's the best option, but why can that not be a benefit for you? Yeah. So I always like to kind of preface it a little bit and say, why, why is it a good option? Well, first of all, if you're going to retire early and you need the income, great option, okay? Or potentially right. a great option for you because you're going to need some income in the door. But uh, it could be a bad option is if you say, well, I, I figured out the system. I'm going to retire at 62 or, or claim social security at 62 and continue to work. Well, there's earnings restrictions, Ben, that they don't let you go over a certain threshold. And if you do, uh, there's a two-for-one reduction on your Social Security benefit. Okay, so it can become a little bit of a planning issue uh, for those of that, that, that want to work while retired or while collecting Social Security. So a lot of times that naturally lets us say, okay, let's maybe look at the next year or the following year or until you actually do retire. Another good reason why to is uh, what we call the buyback on our money. So at what point in time do I break even? So if I take it at 62 versus 66, I've been collecting my benefit for four years. So do the math on that and say, okay, I might have collected over almost $100,000 in that four-year window. At what point in time am I going to break even? 
And at what age am I breaking even? Do I really want to break even at 82? I might not be here, right? So it's one, another part in our analysis that we're going to look at. So, you know, we do a very, very detailed Social Security analysis that helps us with that timing aspect of it and, and figuring out, um, you know, what that true number is for people running out over their lifetime. Yeah, I'm going to let you get into that a little bit more here in a minute. But on the flip side of this is the people that believe that, Let's delay it as long as possible and wait till as, as late as we can to start taking that benefit so the payment's higher. But why yeah. is this sometimes not a great option? Yeah, mainly because um, the mention, what I mentioned earlier, if you do retire early. So if you retire early at 62 or let's just say even 66 and you just delay Social Security, because a lot of a, a common misconception, Ben, is that once I retire from work, I have to start Social Security. And that's not true. You can start Social Security at any point in time from 60 if you're a widow, widower, or 70 if you want to delay it. So um, you can take it at any point in time. So if you do retire early at 62 and you need some income, where are you going to pull it? You're going to naturally pull it from your investments. So Case in point being is if you just draw down from that IRA for eight years or that 401k uh, for eight years, and then all of a sudden you take it at 70, and let's say you only live a couple of years from that point forward. And then once you pass away, if you don't have a spouse or your spouse is gone as well, nobody gets that social security benefit. All that money just goes right back into that general trust fund and no one gets anything. So spending down all your own money, you're basically spending that money of that inheritance. So again, some people aren't going to plan to say, I don't want to leave my kids anything and that's totally fine and that's up to them. But it, it, they would much rather leave them something than, you know, plan on social security leaving them something because they're not, they're not going to. Yeah, that makes sense. So when you have a client come in and they and they sit down and you know, they're getting close to retirement. And I'm sure this is a big topic for anybody that comes in is, hey, when should I start this? What do you think? What's that process like for you and your team over at BA Shrock? How do you work somebody through that to figure out that date? Right. So a lot of times we, I go right on my whiteboard. I, I love this right in our, our conference room. We have a big whiteboard and I just start jotting up numbers and I do have to cheat and use a calculator because it does get pretty complex. But um, <laughs> we, we just show them a, a rough idea of what that's going to look like. And really what I'm doing when I'm doing the, the math behind it, Ben, is I'm, I'm looking at the tax planning piece. So I want to give them that first appointment, a good understanding of what we're going to do behind the scenes. And that behind the scenes analysis is us diving in deep to figure out, okay, what does it really look like for Mr. and Mrs. Smith here to retire at 62? Should we turn on Social Security? What's the, the general pool of the money? How much are they going to draw out over their lifetime? Should we delay it one year, two years? And then what are the taxable impl implications on that, which we're going to talk about in later podcasts. But there's a lot more than us just looking at it and just guessing or picking a number or throwing a dart at the, at the wall and picking. So we go really, really in depth uh, on that piece. I look at this a lot of times and you see people talk about working and maybe going back to work. You know, you decide to retire, but sometimes either you, you want to make a little bit more money or you just get bored and you want to continue working or you want to try a job that you never have. How does work factor into this? I know sometimes people have that concern that it, is it going to hurt my Social Security benefit if I decide to take it early and then I go back to work? Yeah, so the earnings restriction in, in 2019 is seven. I think the number is seventeen thousand six forty. Okay, I, I know it's fourteen seventy a month. So the way that that works is if you do earn over that threshold for every two dollars you earn over, Social Security is gonna essentially ask for $1 back or they're going to suspend your payments um, until they're paid in full. Now, again, it, it doesn't. it's not like you lose that benefit. It's added back in and calculated back into your plan and you eventually get that money back through a monthly disbursement on your own 
Social Security check, but it does create just a, a little bit of a pain in the you know what when you start getting all these letters in the mail from Social Security saying that they're going to suspend your benefit or uh, reduce your benefit. So more than anything, it just becomes a little bit of a, a planning nightmare and, and a little bit of a pain uh, to deal with with all the communication back and forth with Social Security. So if we can avoid that, you know, or at least watch what we earn, that's usually the cleanest way to do it. Okay, that makes sense. So. You know, what is that that process for you guys, that social security analysis? I know you guys offer now you have a couple of different resources for anybody that's, you know, considering social security and what those benefits are. You have a couple of things. You have the guide on your website to maximizing mm-hmm. social security benefits, which you can find at bashrock fg.com. And then you offer that in depth social security and analysis. That's a free process for somebody, correct? It is, yeah. And it's something that we do for no cost. And even though some people want to pay us for it, it's something that, that we like to just, we like to do because I, I love to spread this word and spread this message um, and, and really show people because I, I really think that there's a lack of knowledge out there on this topic. So if there's something we can do for the, you know, general public and, and give back. This is one way that we'd love to do that for people. So I encourage everyone that listens to ask us. We'd be happy to sit down with you and run that for you. No problem. But so what does it look like? Is that what your question was on that? Yeah. What is that? What does that uh, analysis uh, consist of? Okay. So the analysis itself will, will basically for a married couple, it, it'll take all their earnings into, into consideration, um, all the years that they've paid into the system, and then it'll run it based on a, a variety of different ages. So we'll customize it too and, and run a couple alternative scenarios within there to, to customize the dates. But really, they're going to show us what that number is if we file the earliest age possible and what they call their optimal strategy. So what it's going to do, and the challenging part here is it's going to pick life expectancy and they run it to like 85. So understanding that, that that's the assumption they're making is life till 85. Okay. It'll, it'll pull and say, how much money does Mr. and Mrs. Smith collect over their lifetime till 85? And it gives us a one, you know, big dollar amount. So it might say they clicked, you know, seven hundred fifty thousand, and then we compare that to the earliest option. Well, if they took it at sixty-two, they might collect five hundred thousand. Well, that's a two hundred fifty thousand dollar difference. That's a huge number over our lifetime. Even though it's spread out over our lifetime, that's still a really, really big number. So ultimately, what we're looking at when we're crunching the numbers is how big of a separation do we see from 62, 66, maybe in between and all the way out to 70. And if we see some six-figure differences, it's something to where we're going to say, you know what, this is a plan that we really might have to consider. If we can drive in the door over $100,000 more in your pocket over your lifetime, it's something that we can't take lightly and we really have to consider this. So we like to see the big numbers in there. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. If you are interested in this analysis or getting more information on your portfolio and your plan, reach out to Ben Schrock and the team over at BA Schrock Financial Group. Their office is in Wadsworth. They serve all the Cleveland and Akron area, surrounding areas, and you can find them online, bashrock-fg.com, or you can call them at 330-473-1060. So that's part two wrapped up. Our next conversation will be on the SSA and how they can help you choose the best claiming strategy for yourself. That is a misunderstanding, and we'll walk you through that and and talk to you about strategies and the strategies that Ben and his team uh, often use with their clients. So that'll be our next uh, podcast. So make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts to get that one downloaded right to your phone, and you'll be able to listen to it right as soon as it comes out. But before we wrap up the show, let's hit the mailbag. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. 
All right, so our first mailbag question, we got two today, and if you ever want to send something in, you can do so at bashrock-fg.com. You can also do so on the BA Shrock Facebook page, send it there, or just call the office, and Ben will bring in uh, the questions to the show, the ones that he really likes, that he thinks will get a lot of value for the listeners. You can call me at 330-473-1060. So the first question comes in from Andy, and he says, I'm selling one of my rental properties in the next month or two, and I don't have any plans to buy another one. So what's the best thing to do with the money from that sale? Well, um, that's a tough one. Uh, I'm not an accountant, so obviously tax advice will go, kind of go out the window here. But one thing you do have to consider is the taxes, Andy. So you know, how much have you depreciated that asset? Kind of what's that basis on the, on the rental property? Uh, always set money aside for taxes first, okay? And even if we have to go above and beyond that, uh, then we then we will plan you know very conservatively for the taxes. Once we have that solved, then it's kind of determining what what do we want from this money? Do we want a potential to get back into real estate? Should we keep this money relatively liquid, um, or should we you know invest it in the market? There's a lot of things he can do now. A lot of our landlords you know that are clients love real estate, no real estate. We can do real estate investments, so you can do a real estate investment trust. You can do a Delaware statutory trust. You can do a lot of cool things out there in our marketplace where you don't have to have that landlord responsibility, someone calling you at the end of the at the middle of the night where their water heater broke or uh, their furnace is out. So you don't have that, but it acts very similar to a rental property driving income through the door in the form of dividends or basically rental checks. So yeah, you can do a lot with that. I love uh, real estate. I think it's a great opportunity and, and a great way to make some money. Thank you, Andy. Our next question comes from Helen who asks, are there really no tax implications to rolling over my 401k? I don't really like the investment options in my 401k, but I don't want to roll it over and then get hit with a tax bill I wasn't expecting. Yes, that's an awesome question because it is a common misconception. There are no. There is absolutely no income taxes if she rolls it over, being the key. Okay, If she cashes it out or takes it out in a check, um, they will have a mandatory 20% withholding. Most plans will. But if she does do a rollover to an IRA, to a rollover IRA, she pays absolutely no income tax on that. And her point is exactly right about the investment options. 401ks are, are kind of limited in terms of what they'll offer. Most plans will offer, you know, maybe 20 to 30 funds. But once you own that asset, it's inside that IRA. Uh, usually the sky's the limit in terms of what you can invest in. So a lot of times, if you can't tell, we, we are definitely um, in favor of that. But it's also can be a little bit more expensive to work with a firm or people like ourselves as opposed to internal costs on 401k. So just always weigh out your options and actually know and do your due diligence on, on everything before you make that decision. Thank you, Helen. Hopefully that answers your question. If you have a question you want to send in, do so at bashrock-ft.com or the BA Shrock Facebook page, or you can call the office at 330-473-1060. So that'll wrap up this episode of Unlocking Your Financial Future. Ben, thanks for the time on Social Security. We'll do a little bit more of this in our next episode. Sounds good. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, AEWM. AEWM and BA Schrock Wealth Management are not affiliated companies. BA Schrock Wealth Management is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. 
Any references to safety, security, or guaranteed lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing company. B.A. Schrock Wealth Management is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any government agency. This show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation.